Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Red Sox with the win last night. Doogie, Alex Verdugo, with the home run as the Red Sox. So I don't know if they had planned on really competing this year. I mean, it's been weird in the uh, AL East. Everything's kind of topsy-turvy, although I think by this point we should all realize that Tampa is the best organization. In the division, doing it with a quarter of the resources that Boston and New York and now Toronto, uh, you know, the way they do it. And Baltimore is obviously much improved as well as uh, Baltimore out to a 19-9 and start, 23-6 and for Tampa. Red Sox are okay. Red Sox are okay. We'll see how it goes long term with their pitching. I wanted to talk a little baseball this hour as we're uh, live in Reno, live in Vegas. You can hear the excitement building as they've got a big Las Vegas Aces Event going down at Opportunity Village. Season ticket base with the Aces over 5,000 now. Super impressive. Marty Cordova is along with us in 1995 AL Rookie of the Year. Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Famer is here with us. we got the golf tournament coming up. So how are things coming together? May 11th, so it's right around the corner now. United Way, Revere. Uh, you can go up on the web, get involved in this, sign up, uwsn65.org. Yeah, everything's going going well. Uh, same ball players are coming. I knew there probably wouldn't be more than four or five guys that could make it out with the tight schedule and during the weekday. So, yeah, all, all good. This is also charity golf season, too. There's yeah. a bunch of events going on yeah, around the same time. We've got coaches versus cancer coming up about uh, five days after that. That's Lon Kruger, Kevin Kruger, and you know a lot of coaches from the world of college basketball. I know the Palms has a big event going on that time. So a lot of good stuff coming up. Um, off on a tangent that we started with, Darren Millard. Willie, did you have something in mind? Did you have a couple of concerts that you went to? Today's National Concert Day. There's only one. And and you chose what's the worst concert you've ever attended. Yeah, I saw a National Concert because everybody says, man, that was the greatest concert I've ever seen. Or these guys, you know, like like everybody goes to these festivals now. I remember when they first started. Marty, you remember back in the day of the Thomas Mack when we were getting festivals of different flavors. and and, uh, But the absolute hands down, I've stood on this soapbox for the longest. The worst concert. It's sad to say because... This was her first, I think, major, major tour. I fell asleep watching Whitney Houston at the Thomas and Mac. It was the, it was the, the, it was slow. Rest in peace. Dragging, yeah, it was, it's sad to say. Now, here's the crazy thing. In that time frame, this was 87. Earlier that year, the best concert I had seen to that point in time live was an opening act for Ready for the World. It was Bobby Brown's breakout tour after he left New Edition, he opened up for Ready for the World at Ham Hall, and he stole the show. We were drenched from dancing, and we looked at we were like, damn, the main event, still Ready for the World, still got to come on. And some eight, nine months later, whatever it was, Whitney Houston, complete sleeper. It was very disappointing. Oh, uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was just, it was long. You know what? I say that if she would have taken that concert and put it in a showroom, and Marty. You're from here. You, we remember the days where shows on the strip back in the day, you put a suit on. The early show, you wore a suit. You had dinner, right? The late show was just a regular show. 
she could have done a showroom back in the day rather than that because she was such a singer, but the contra was a sleeper. Damn. Back in my day, Willie. <laughs> With the suit, the suit <laughs> reference. We used to get dressed up for shows. You remember? Yeah, well, that was a, it was a big deal to go to like a you show. You were like barely out of high school. You were wearing a suit? Well, think about whose show I was going to in the 70s all the time, That's right? Point, so, yeah. so I was going to the dinner shows, and, you, I mean, you sat down. It was a big, it was a big deal. Willie's uncle is Paul Anka, who is a tremendous vocalist, but also an even better writer. So I think he, was, people, he, I think was, people, he was around that crew. I think before they left town, they were going to, they, they, uh, my cousins, his daughters were going to Gorman. They might have uh, been going to Alexandra and Amanda. Not not when I was there. That no, day, okay. They, they weren't there. But but I do get it, though. Back then, things like, even when you went to the Shark Club, you had to wear a dress shoe and club. slacks. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, now that doesn't Shark Club, either. Tramps, those, were the, those oh, yeah. were the good old days. Yep. All right, so worst show you've been to? Marty? The worst show I've been to? Yeah, where you were like, oh, man, uh, this wasn't good. Could be recent, too. I've got a more recent one. I, I haven't really been to a whole lot of concerts, and everyone I've been really? to has been really good. I, mean, yeah, I figured, I figured to, you go all the time. You get, I've been you know, to like connected. 20 or 30 or, or well, so, but good. they've all been really good. I haven't been to one bad one. The first one I ever Are saw. Are you just not picky? Uh, maybe. Willie's very maybe. picky. I, probably. I, I'm very low low expectations, and if it's good, I'm happy. If it's not, then that's great, too. But I went to Caesars Palace. Uh, outside, they had a concert for the Go-Go's and the Bengals, mm. and that was the first concert I ever went to, and that was actually pretty fun. Well, I saw Susanna Hoffs on a recent documentary about soft rock and yacht rock. Highly recommend it on Paramount. She is not young, but she looks great. Yeah, like I was shot as I was as I was watching it. I always start looking up. It's funny. Darren Millar was just talking about hearing about Willie's birthday on May 11th, and I don't know what was he saying. He thinks you're older or younger. No, he he was. Or being, is he, is he, he older being, than he both of us? Being facetious and saying, "Wow, when you hear somebody talking about." their birthday and that they're getting old, yeah. it dawns on them that, wow, I thought he was older. He yeah. was trying to be a smart ass. It, dawn, it dawns on me that, God, I'm old. Because when I looked up Susanna Haas, I was like, she's 64? Wow. Like, what the hell's going you on know here? Who, a couple of years ago, who they did those throwbacks at the Orleans. They still do them, I think, at sometimes. Like, on Valentine's Day, they'll do a love fest or, they, you know, whatever. But they did one, and, Marty, you remember back in the day uh, from That's Entertainment days, uh, DJ Rob and DJ Frankie. DJ Rob was the MC, and Stevie B, Lisa, uh, was it Lisa, Lisa, uh, the Cover Girls, uh, Shannon, Let the Music Play, right? They were there, and because he was MCing it, we were backstage, so he would go up and introduce each act. And when Stevie B came on and finished the show, we all he, he was like, come on, let's go out there, come on. We all lined up and started doing old school dances. Nice. Did you get the hang with Stevie B? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good crowd. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun just, you know, because it's an old school vibe. It's our old school. You remember Calvin Valvo? No, I was baseball I, coach. I, honest, no, I don't. Yeah, no, I do remember the name, but he, I, I couldn't recall. What he it was, was like. an assistant coach at Valley back in your yeah. high school days, and then he went on. He coached at Cimarron, and anyway, uh, Valvo got married in down in SoCal, and I went. I was his best man, and we went to a con- we went to a U two concert. Another opening act that st- didn't steal the show from U two, but was phenomenal. Was Lenny Kravitz? Wow, that dude put on a show. Where was that at? Uh, at the Big A. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Wouldn't think of that as a concert venue. Yeah, me neither. But it was it was it was that was a good show. Is that the other good reason to have the A Stadium built here? We get a lot of outdoor concerts there. Uh, they better not be an outdoor stadium. They're not going to be well, out, you know, retro roof or something. Man, we got a legion. We're we have a we have a lot of buildings. We do. We have a lot of buildings. Yeah. Um, I'll just man this. this yep. There's the train. All right. The train. Uh, I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna be interested to hear what 
Sammy Penny, uh, Penny Adovich has to say about the Contra thing. Okay. Is he a Contra guy? What do you think? What's your prediction? Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't know if he's going to come up with, like, new kids in the block or new addition. Those are Boston groups. Maybe Boston. But he's not going to come up with Boston. He's from Chicago. Oh. Boston's old. Yeah. Isn't Sammy Peel? Nah, he's a very young guy. He's, like, mid-30s. Oh, Jesus. He's a whippersnapper. Yeah. All right, so we had the NFL draft go down the other day, and, uh, well, Raiders signed Adam Plant, who's a Gorman guy, a mm. uh, guy who went to TCU to start. So what do you think? Does he have a chance? He had a Didn't he have a pit stop in Arizona too? I thought he was at Arizona. But, yes, I do just because of the fact that um, this is a kid that has always been underestimated. And I think by just giving him a shot, giving him a chance to prove himself, he's going to go in and absolutely grind and work his ass off. Now, whether or not that results in a spot on the local roster, I don't know. But I do believe that what he does in camp will be enough to possibly open some eyes or get him on the practice squad. There's no reason why. I mean, this is this is the dude. And, it's obviously a good storyline, but they're not they're not just going to keep guys for storylines. But I know what his work ethic's about, and I know that he just needs a shot. You give this kid a chance, and, and we saw this in late last season, Steve, in certain, like during warm-ups. I think we talked about this also was his, his sort of evolution into becoming a leader, a vocal guy. Now, I don't think he's going to step in and start rah-rahing up Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, but the fact that he's going to be – able to sort of accept that sort of motivation and push from the veterans and sort of take a professional work ethic and apply it to what he instills in himself. Um, I, I, I think he could be a bright spot. It's it's really going to depend on the needs. Um, they, they drafted defensive linemen. They need defensive linemen, depending on the depth that they're going to need. But he's, he's a guy, because of his mindset, that can work himself into the depth chart or the practice squad. I believe that. Well, I mean, I'd love to see him make the practice squad. Yeah. You know? yeah. I, I still think uh, I think he would have benefited from another year at UNLV. Yeah. But, you know, it's time to start making some money if you can. And he joins others from Gorman. Uh, Plant didn't get drafted, but Thompson Robinson did. What do you think of that one? Dorian Thompson Robinson, former UCLA quarterback. Raiders pass on him. Take Aiden O'Connell. Yeah. Jury's still out on O'Connell. Jury's still out on a lot of those guys, I mean, to be honest with you. But but this is an amazing ascension for DTR, who was recruited over for like two weeks by Chip Kelly. Right. Remember, they had uh, was it Dylan Gabriel who was coming in? Mm-hmm. So he was getting replaced at UCLA. Yes. And now he's been drafted by the Browns. So he took advantage of staying around the one extra year and – Kind well, of vaulted himself into the mix in the NFL. Right, and if you look at the pattern of, of the teams that we're talking about here, we're talking about the Raiders, we're talking about Josh McDaniels, you're talking about Jimmy G coming in, uh, Hoyer there, and you're talking about Aiden O'Connell, who is a pocket passer. It fits the mold of the offense that they would like to see run by the p- specific type of player that they want <laughs> under center. With Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who's he going in and sort of modeling his game after, or at least learning from, Deshaun Watson, a dual-threat kind of guy, Mobile with the legs. I, I love Dorian Thompson-Robinson's arm. I know what he's capable of doing. I've seen it firsthand. I know the training that he put forth, and I know the patience and tolerance that he had at Gorman playing behind Tate Martell. Everything that he went through at UCLA. And just so his mindset is in the right spot. He was raised by a strong mother, you know, and he, he he's 
he's just he's done things the right way to get where he's at, and he's also overcome a lot of adversity from just like a a, a throwing shade standpoint. A lot of people didn't believe in him. Like when he, they thought a lot of people thought, yeah, he college is his ceiling. They thought Brevin Jordan was the big prize out of that, you know, after the Tate Martell class with Bubba Bolden and those guys, um, Speedy Naylor and so on and so forth. But Dorian Thompson is a, is a, is a kid that has just stayed on his path. Uh, you know, we heard Darren Millard talk about chips on the shoulder. He's never really been a kid that's felt that. It's just been like, okay, yeah, okay, that's fine, and yeah. just done his thing. Well, good. It worked out for him. Marty, have you been around the Aces scene before? No, I this haven't. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, and the event is just starting up. It goes uh, well into the night. We're here at Opportunity Village. You know, it's funny. We were talking about the facilities around town, and the Aces just built a new facility, Mark Davis did, for the Aces. We can't match anyone in the country when it comes to facilities. And and Willie was going through how impressive their facility is from the, the training standpoint. Like, how big is that for a pro athlete to feel comfy at home and that you're at a top-notch place? And if you do need to train and rehab injuries, everything's right there. It matters. It matters. The, the facilities are important. There's there's some stadiums like, even like old Boston, Fenway Park, the facilities are terrible. It's You can hardly fit. There's a couple guys per locker, and then there's certain stadiums that are amazing, and you love to be there. So, yeah, and then I think a lot of the stadiums that are newer, they build their home, their home clubhouse very nice and opulent and a lot of amenities, and then the visiting side, they kind of purposely <laughs> cut, cut corners. Yeah. <laughs> Marty's going to continue with us. We'll get into some baseball with the A's, the latest back and forth on uh, giving the A's a bunch of public money to come here and build that stadium at the uh, Trop and 15 site. also want to get into the AL East a little more as, uh, boy, the Yankees are not playing well, and there are some really angry people in the New York area. The fact that Brian Cashman got a four-year extension is a joke. It is an absolute joke, and it's a reminder that Hal can't shine his dad's shoes. If George was owner of the Yankees, he would be fired, Cashman, his son would be fired, and Aaron Boone would be fired. If I'm Hal today, I, I've got to at least throw the Yankee fans a bone, and i got to say, yo, Aaron Hicks, I'm tired of talking about Aaron freaking Hicks, who's still on this team for some maddening reason. You are not the New York Yankees when you trot that bum out on the field every day. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, I'm back in. I'm back in on baseball. All right. I like that. Okay. I, just, I wonder how passionate people get about baseball anymore. And uh, you hear, and in New York, it's super intense. And that was actually uh, Brandon Tierney who's on WFAN in New York. Um, I have seen that rant. That was not fake. I have seen that rant up close, like just uncontrollable anger. He wasn't attacking me, but I actually live with a guy when he was out here. He did a lot of radio out in Vegas, and there were a couple times Jets games. He's a Jets and Yankees fan like myself. There were a couple Jets games where I was like, oh, boy. Like, big guy starts getting worked up, and when he, was, when he screamed, you know, Aaron freaking Hicks! I get into that. I get into that. As mad as uh, Papa Joe, he kind of got with, with his Pittsburgh teams, no? Uh, not the same. Not thing. as mad. Not, not as angry. I think, but he, I think he Joe. Got, he got an, uh, animated. What I'm trying to tell you here is Joe, Papa Joe. That was for air. This individual, oh, it, it, that's it's, for real. It's, it's it's real. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't. I don't know what happened. There was something. I just remember a phone being whipped across the room at one of his friends' heads. Oh yeah. And I think a gaming unit 
uh, video game unit got thrown out the window, like off a balcony. So, so, it, so basically, just, just trying to pull back the curtain. Like, so the, basically, the vibe is real. It's like Adam Hill with fantasy games, fantasy leads. Uh, every once in a while, yeah, Adam. Adam, that's the one thing because Adam's usually pretty calm. But uh, if he's in a fantasy draft and he feels like he got screwed over. Um, he'll start, or if it's in the middle of the season. I've seen and heard and well, felt felt the yeah. uh, felt the 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 table up on T-Mobile, and, and the headphones come off, and everything gets slammed, and, you, and I'm six seats down, and yeah, it's scary. Who's the scariest guy in a clubhouse that you were around? Probably a pitcher. Uh, God, just, I've heard some crazy ones about pitchers. Nobody was really crazy. What I like, that just I flip a table with. over, throw the food all over the place. Like, you get a little bit Sidney Ponson who pitched with the yeah, with the, oh, yeah. yeah he was, was a big Latino guy and he was pretty animated. He'd get was he yeah, scary? He would, not scary to anybody but himself. But you know, yeah, he, he's he's like Kirby Puckett. He's a big guy, but he's not that fat. You'd, you'd be shocked. He's oh, a just stronger, solid, stronger than big people. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. All right, I take it back. Sorry, Sidney Ponson, you're not a lard <laughs> ash. You're just just thick bottomed. He started he started with the O's and then went to the Red Sox. Is that right? I, he definitely started with the O's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sydney Ponson. We're, we're the getting best. the train on one side, and now we're they're converging on yeah. us. Oh, yeah. there's a lot of aces hands here. Yeah. I think so, he, I think he went to the Giants too at the end of his career. I think so. Yeah. So, what do you think when you hear sports talk radio guy, you know, passionate about baseball, kind of wondering what the Yankees are doing? They're 500 team. I think a lot of people around the country are like, oh, you guys, all you guys do is win. So shut the hell up. They actually don't win all the time. Yeah. Like they're not the home of world championships. They've been flawed for a while. Yeah, that's true. It seems like nowadays the Wild card's been the most making the play, winning the World Series more than than the, the team that wins the division, and the highest payroll doesn't always mean anything because a lot of these guys have dead contracts or people that are are not living up to their their contracts or they're at the end of their contracts. They're very expensive players, but I don't like when guys like well, first of all, blaming Aaron Boone is crazy. He doesn't do anything. He he makes a lineup according to what's told. For him he pulled back on that one. The the guy he's angry with is Aaron Hicks, so they signed to a seven year deal for seventy million dollars, and he's just he's not a great player, and he's he aged poorly. Yeah, maybe he, should put a, maybe he should put an application in for general manager, then he can make his own calls. <laughs> you know what I love these guys? It's really easy to sit back after the season's going and yeah. guy's not playing well and go, that's a bad signing, that's this, this, or this. Did he say it before? And, who, and if he did before, yeah. who, who has he said that he should have signed that went to another team yep. before they got there? Let him put together his his team that he put together uh, under the payroll that he could and see what that, that looks like. Well, and the other thing is, Marnie, it's – it's May 2nd. You're going off. How many times have we seen teams after the All-Star break in last place and then they make a run? We see it, we've seen it in hockey now firsthand with the Golden Knights being here. The, the NBA, the year after the Golden Knights went to the Stanley Cup, the St. Louis Blues were in last place, worst team, and they, used, they put a rookie goaltender in. They made a run and win the Stanley Cup. Baseball of all sports, with as long as it is, teams can start making runs in July. For sure, and it'd be different if they were – the record of Oakland A's, they're 15 and 15. They're, it's their 500. They're not that, and, and a lot of teams make the playoffs now. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be fine. They've got enough talent. It's just, like you guys said, that you got to be patient sometimes, but there's no such thing as patience in New York. Yeah. I, I mean, I think their biggest issue now is they're in a division with a, an organization that develops really well and also takes guys off the scrap heap from other organizations and resurrects them and turns them into great players, and that's a raise. So that's it's got to be the frustrating part for a lot of the big market teams because you can't just buy your way uh, out of trouble or buy your way back to the table. If you don't have pitching, you don't have pitching uh, in the farm system, man, you're, uh, you're screwed. So the stuff with the A's, we're kind of in a holding pattern here. We're going to find out you know, the next steps in trying to get their public money through a tax district. I do think the discussion back and forth 
in this market and in Oakland is pretty interesting because we talked last week about, you know, the, the A's. The biggest problem I think for a lot of people here is we understand um, public money becomes part of it. They've probably been promised that deal, but it's it's their commitment to winning. They're, they're that, better. That, that, that they're I, better be. that, that I question. They're better be. And I, I don't know that if we make enough noise, and I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about you guys listening. If we make enough noise, is that going to shake them into you know reality that they they can't just come here and treat this as a, a real estate project, which I kind of fear they that John Fisher is kind of looking at that way. I don't know if they do because I think anybody that talks to anybody that's been around Vegas for a long time knows that if your team doesn't win, no matter who they are, nobody will go. And if the team, no matter who they are, wins, people will go. We, we support winners in this town because there's a lot of options. There's a lot of things to do. And and uh, I heard on the, one of your morning shows they were talking about the Rio spot being was offered to the team for a dollar. There's no way they were offered anything for a dollar. That land's worth much more than that. There had to be some caveats as... We're going to rev share a certain amount of with you. There's no way they would turn down free property. So I thought that was kind of they kept saying that over and over. Like they like Oakland has hundreds of millions of dollars to burn, and they threw that 150 million or 200 away to buy the the property on the corner of Tropicana, which is totally not true. There's no way you'd say we get this for free or this for 200 million. What are you going to take? There had to be other circumstances. There's no way they're just that stupid. Yes. One of the things that I have been saying in that see, once this team gets here, we've seen. Right, the Golden Knights build an organic fan base. Las Vegas Aces, as we see, right? They rebranded from when they came over from San Antonio. The Las Vegas Raiders, you're not going to rebrand. I mean, there's from our day and age, there's three there's three NFL teams that you think of when you talk about tradition and Raiders, Cowboys, Steelers. I mean, they, they're sort of embedded in your head, right? When it comes to the A's and they're coming to Las Vegas and what this team has done to itself, self-sabotage, um, I feel a rebrand is necessary. I don't think that – I don't want to hear about – someone said it's an A. I think it was the owner with you guys. He said the A, you have to keep – I don't believe that because I don't think that you're going to be able to, to, to get Las Vegas to buy in with immediacy unless you have a built-in fan base. I think a rebrand would do, would would be better for this team. You know, I never thought about that, but that's interesting because, you, like you said, the Raiders are the Raiders. A's aren't really a national team, in my opinion. They've always been like a small market. They have some history when they were good with McGuire, Henderson, and those guys. But since it's been a long time, and even when they were winning in the last, you know, seven eight years, they were doing it with guys you never heard of, the Moneyball type thing. So to completely change the name and try to revamp that whole image, I, that's not a bad idea. Willie Ramirez, Cofield, Marty Cordova, former. Uh, I always say former. You're still the rookie of the year from '95. <laughs> you don't lose that title. AL rookie of the year. After, after 50 years, you nah, lose nah, it. No, 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 no. You never get too old for it. No, no. Uh, and, of course, Marty, a Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Famer, a local, went to Bishop Gorman, was an outstanding football player as well, but made his hay in the world of baseball. Um, I don't know a lot about Marty personally, but I know over the years, you know, he's done okay on the social scene. I, again, I don't know. Um, and we got into a conversation last week, and Ari, please feel free to jump in on this one because you wanted to. Last week, Willie told us he signed up for a dating app. It was time to get back on the horse, signed up for a dating app, and got a got a real bad impression right out of the gates. I've already deleted it. So what happened? <laughs> I just, I just. You felt it was very heightist. The women. Well, yeah, were too heightist picky. is it as well. Yeah, well, it's just funny because I I was asking some of the, some of the the kids. Right, they're they're my son's age, of course. They're like, pops, you got to get back out there. Come on, so I, you know, it's like having daughters. Sort of helped me through the process, 
And they're like, yeah, yeah. and then I would tell them, oh, well, this person hit like. I guess that means you're you're going to match, whatever. What do I, you know? Okay, what now? What? And there's a, it's not a swiping thing. It's a it's a liking thing, and this, that, the other. Then all of a sudden, I'd relay the message. They're like, oh, pops, unmatch that one. They're going to ask you for money. They're not. They're they're either foreigner. They're this or that. It's so. A couple of them said, switch this around, change this profile pic. You know what? I, oh, and eventually, well, you, got, you got down in the dumps because you, I, were, you, were, re, you were reading, I was reading what some, women were looking so, for. Yeah, so, so there's one of them where you scroll through and you, you get a caption, and then you can fill out. There's these different titles. You have to stick to what it offers as a title, and then you fill in the commentary under the title. We can date if, we're this, first, blah, 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 blah. And a lot of them, I saw, it wasn't just like one or two. They're, a lot of them were like, they were specific, no one under six foot or these heights between. And I was like, okay, so would that be all right if I could say, I don't want anybody big. I want, I want, I want someone who's 135 or under. I want someone who's fit. I want someone who goes to the gym as much as I do. I don't want to see fat on you. But, but, of course, that would be misogynistic. I would be uh, ridiculed, right? I'm going to jump in now. You don't okay. have to say that. I, I just want to express this. You don't have to say any of that stuff. It doesn't matter. Just move on. That's what I say the same thing for the women. You don't have to say you want you don't want a short guy. Just don't swipe right on me. I understand you don't. My point is, is that in this day and age, they can and we can't. That's the point. Don't worry about it. Don't get dissuaded. Fair enough. <laughs> I just want one thing real quick. you got to have steely nerves. You know what, Ari? Hold on to it because we're up against it. I know you're very big on getting out in time. Mm-hmm. We'll get back to Ari's thoughts. We'll get back to Marty, who I don't think is on dating apps. Maybe he is. Maybe he has great success. I don't know. But we'll, we're trying to kind of resurrect the, the confidence of Willie because I got, I got down in the dumps for you getting down in the dumps last week. We'll build on uh, Adam Hill's thoughts with Miles Simmons in about 30 minutes. We were just trying to resurrect the confidence of one Willie Ramirez. Hit a dating app last week. Got really frustrated. It was like, women are ruthless. Ari then sends me a message the next day. He's like, I, 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 I got to tell him something. Next time he's on, we got to get into this again. So go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, I also will talk off the air. I'll give you give you some tips. A lot of failure here, so I have a lot of good uh, good lessons I could teach you from. Willie. Ari, are you, you, let me just clear real quick before you give me everything. You're still single, right? Yes. Uh, okay, so but you yeah, know what? I, I, I can't mean, wait to get be, those tips. He might be smushing. <laughs> oh, he could yeah, be smashing fresh meat all the time. I don't know. Smashing is okay. a, a uh, broad term. Okay, and, go ahead. All right, just just one thing. You do this all the time. You post about it. You love it. It's it's your thing. And every woman almost on these dating apps wants to do it. And you have a guy like me that does not want to do it, especially not on a date. And that's hiking. You have to talk about hiking. That is your in. It was all over my hinge. Oh, well, I don't know what to tell you then. Yeah, I put that <laughs> up joking, there. Hiking, I, I put that up Hiking, there. the gym, and your cook, you're a good and, father, and too. Great cook, father. And you're connected to the sports. You know what, I put, from, you know what I put for the bio, uh, uh, Ari? It's a, you know how the, the one of the headers is dating me is like? It says dating me is like an amateur chef on SportsCenter who should have chosen a life in the culinary rather than writing about professional sports. Yeah. Neither here nor there expect a good cooked, home-cooked meal. Well, that's, see, that's good. I don't know, man. I think Maybe. a more direct approach works. What do you think, Marty? I agree. But I do think, though, that a, a lot of people are on social media, those dating sites. They're not even maybe really looking to date. It's just something to do, to right. scroll through. The, a lot of women maybe or guys like to get that ego stroke where they see a bunch of people like them, and then they really aren't. Then they, when it comes down to it, oh, I'm too busy to date or whatever. So to me, it's always the best place to meet people in person. I did over the weekend for about six hours. I created the other one, the, boob, the b- Bumble. 
Right. I had like six, eight likes within the first, I don't know, hour. Yeah. But then you have to pay to see who likes you. So that got deleted. Hinge got deleted. I think I'm going to a little I, bit. I think Give I'm going to take Marty's advice, and I'm just going to I'm going to head out of town and get the other one, swipe right, get it done, come, All right. come so back. A little, little Tinder action? Yeah. Okay. Um, Marty and I were going to set up a bowling date. You should come on that. Some bowling chicks. Well, meet people. Watch Marty, you know, roll two twenties. Yeah, right. That'll help. Well, we know that maybe the competition go, gets elevated. Maybe you'll, I, you will have plenty of time to talk to anyone you want because once he and I start, then it's on. Maybe I should go out to Marty's golf tournament because it's on my birthday, and given who we're talking about here and what Marty looks like, I would imagine that the females that'll be out there. Plus, it's my birthday. He could work it in. Hey, birthday boy, pop, 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 and you never know. I wish that was the case. I have a feeling there's not going to be a whole lot of women at that at eight o'clock in the morning on a Thursday. You're not going to no. have like a, what do they call like at the each no. tea box? I wish you know that's tea box a, girls next year because they're a little more planning going to it next year. But that would be a cool thing is to have like a like a ring girl or a slap girl or something no, like let that. Let me know when you're ready to do that because my son cool. can help you get those. Now, of course, well, we'll just leave it at that. He's a trainer to the stars. By the way, it's for the United Way. <laughs> the United Way's mission is to fight for education, health, and financial stability of uh, really every person in the community, and they affect so many people in this community. UWSN65.org is where you can sign up for the golf tournament. That that took like a weird thing. All of a sudden, I'm setting up Marty to hang out with Willie, and Willie's like, okay, I'm intrigued by that. Now we're just going to glom onto him to any events he goes to. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm hanging out. I thought you'd appreciate the seg to the to the golf. It was beautiful. Yes, it was beautiful. But uh, but I like the setup there. So. I can promise you, this hanging out with me is not going to give you more access to women. I'm sorry to tell you that. Man, the way you guys were talking earlier about uh, all the uh, the club going days, yeah. that's entertainment. The, the, the off air, yeah. the off air conversation is better I than the on air. I wish I was here for that. But don't forget, that was 30 years ago. A little while ago. It's close to 40. What are you talking about? Were you going? You going out at 12? That maybe that's those entertainment. Are the early, those are the mid '80s. Yeah, we're going on 40 years. I appreciate you coming down. Thank you. Up next, yeah. we're going to talk to Sam Paniotovich again. Uh, UWSN65.org for United Way Golf Tournament at Revere. Busy day as we're uh, at a big Las Vegas Aces event at Opportunity Village. Is their uh, season ticket base now over 5,000 after winning the title a year ago? Let's get into uh, some sports gambling stuff as we do every Tuesday with Sam Paniotovich from Nesson and Fox Sports. Sam, how you doing, buddy? Just made a drink, my man. Been a long week already, as you can imagine, out here in Boston. Yes, yes. I want to get to a couple of Boston topics here in a second. Um, I have no idea if you're a music guy. Are you a concert guy? Today is National Concert Day, and uh, Willie wanted to go negative, so he's asking everyone, what's the worst concert you've been to? Well, worst concert, I mean, there's a couple different responses. Is it the worst band or the worst experience or the worst people you went with? It's the worst no, it's probably based on expectations. Who disappointed you? Yeah, the worst concert. Period. This was not good. I didn't think Elton John was as good on the back eighteen. Um, <laughs> paid a lot of money for that at the end, and it just wasn't the same, you know. Because I saw Elton John and Billy Joel in two thousand and nine at Wrigley. That was dueling pianos. They were both top of their game playing each other's songs at each other and then seeing Elton John in 2022 just wasn't the same you know he lost his fastball clearly um, the songs weren't as great and given the return on investment I thought I got completely hosed given what I spent can I just say that I fully appreciate the sports 
references in terms of Elton John on the back nine and he, that he lost his fastball that you decided to throw into the worst concert that you've attended? Sir Elton John. I do what was, I can. It was harsh, but it was honest. Um, all right, so tell us the, the reasons you think or what, what developed in the draft that kind of wound up uh, screwing you over on Tyree Wilson, right? You didn't, you didn't get that one, did you? No, I had him, you know, under six and a half. He went seven. I think Raiders fans will come to love this kid, assuming that foot is okay and he can stay on the field. I mean, it's impossible to teach 6'6 and 270 pounds, and that's what Tyree Wilson is. And, you know, I had heard a month ago that he was live to go two to the Texans. And depending on who you talk to, the Texans were high on either Anderson or Wilson. I believe the Wilson stuff. I think it was completely true until the final week when, you know, it started to get out that the medical wasn't as solid as his camp had told people, and then he just started the slides. I had him under six and a half, had him top five, and then 10 to one to be the first D guy off the board. He was the favorite the weekend before the draft. He was minus 150 to be the first D guy, and then it just all went south. So yeah, that one exploded on me. Um, Also didn't do well on the Richardson selection. We had him going over four and a half, and he goes fourth. God. Don't think it's a good pick. Don't think he's going to be a good player. Uh, the only saving grace was that we just pounded Bryce Young to be first overall back in February. I mean, that was that was easy money, but I'm still upset about the Richardson one. Like, how do you take that guy fourth overall? Ugh. Moving forward, how do we bet these running backs? Uh, one, I, I, I sent you a couple odds from faraway places. There's a uh, – Rushing head-to-head between the two first-round picks, uh, Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs is plus 250 to outrush Robinson. Do we feel so good about Robinson that this is an easy win and he's worth betting, like, you know, 375, 400? I don't love those prices. You know that. I know some yeah. people will tell you, well, if it should be 800, you yeah, you'll lay 400. Whatever. I guess there's some truth to that. I also laugh at the people that told me, well, you should bet Purdue money line at minus 2,500 in the tournament or whatever the hell it was, and then they lose the, you know, the 16 seed. So those conversations I don't really enjoy. Let me answer it a different way. I looked at Jameer Gibbs to lead all rookies in receiving yards mm. because if you follow what they're going to do with him, it seems like he's going to be that catch guy out of the backfield. Because you have David Montgomery, who's like your three-down back, ideally. Like, he's your traditional running back. And then Gibbs is like a joystick guy. Think about how the Chargers use Austin Eckler in Los Angeles, where he gets over 100 targets a year, basically, if he's healthy. I think that's the role for Gibbs. They're going to use him. They're going to split him out. They might even use him in the slot from time to time. I mean, he is a super shifty, athletic, talented pass catcher. And he's got home run speed. So I think they're going to utilize him differently than a lot of running backs in this league. I looked at Gibbs over on his receiving yardage and then to lead all rookies in reception yardage. 10 to 1. I think you can find a 12 to 1 at MGM Properties in Vegas. Like that is, that's live because if he's going to catch 80 passes out of the backfield and have a couple home runs there, those add up in a hurry. Speaking to Sammy P. Nesson, hey, I have a, a job for you. I have a, a, a I'm going to put you on assignment that I need you because there is absolutely nobody else in the entire betting universe that is interested in this. But because you keep an eye on this, I want to know when the prop goes up, will Dorian Thompson Robinson take a snap this season? I'm going to go ahead and bet over half a snap. 
Okay. You want me to just book that for you? <laughs> yeah, wink, wink, nudge, say. nudge. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be offered. <laughs> it doesn't have to be with Cleveland. I'm just saying. But I'd rather it be there. No, um, I, just your thoughts on, obviously, the local interest with, with Dorian Thompson-Robinson. And, of course, there was a lot of other locals who went. Dalton Kincaid, I think, is going to be a stud. But with DTR, I, I personally know what he's gone through. I know what he you know, fought through at Gorman and then at UCLA. So I'm intri- intrigued your thoughts on his uh, the, the Browns taking him. Well, clearly they they see him as a safety valve in case Deshaun Watson finds himself in trouble or finds himself hurt again. I mean, he's had issues on and off the field, and I think everybody knows about said issues. So you look at a kid who's 23 years old, probably has plenty of time to mature, understand what it's like to put the work in at the NFL game and, and travel and, and be a professional and make money and, and take care of yourself and your brand. You know, that's – that's something that makes sense because the Browns depth chart was very depleted behind Watson. And it, it certainly makes sense to take a flyer on a kid that, you know, I think some people thought at one point had round one or round two talent. So you slide him right behind Watson and then probably Josh Dobbs is the three, or maybe it's Kellen Mond at the three, but he's instantly the second most talented quarterback on that roster. And I think the thought process there is if Watson goes down or Watson gets hurt or Watson gets whatever, then you have a capable kid who's not really a project. I mean, he's a seasoned vet in terms of college kids. I mean, his first college snap was in 2018. Like, he knows offenses. He knows how to play the game. Uh, He's a very, very serviceable backup in the NFL, and that's why they took him. I didn't think he'd go in the fifth round, but he's got the potential here if he sees some action and maybe the preseason's a place for him. Maybe some other team makes a phone call or two. But I think he's in a good spot behind a really good quarterback. Sam Paniatovich with us, uh, ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, Super Bowl came out with uh, over-under win numbers. You know, the numbers have been out, but if you wanted to make any adjustments for the draft, uh, they could do so. I saw you tweet out that the Pats are sitting at 7.5 for the win total, lowest total we've seen in forever with New England. Uh, What is the reaction? I wonder what the expectations are for this year with the Patriots, especially when fans see 7.5. It's low for a reason, man. They're the worst team in the division, and it's not even close in terms of total talent on the roster. I mean, it's not even it's not even a, an opinion, really. It's it's just you, you line them up and you put them in the power ratings machine and crunch out the numbers. The Bills have the best roster in the AFC East. Then there's the Jets. Had a really good defense last year. Had an extremely talented running game. Receivers were okay. Now they have Aaron Rodgers. And then the Miami Dolphins say what you want. Okay, maybe you want Mac Jones instead of Tua. The Dolphins roster as a whole is much better than New England. And I, I wrote about this on Nesson. John Murray uh, gave me some quotes. And and he said, look, a good quarterback can help you jump over teams, right? Kansas City doesn't have a great roster, but they have Patrick Mahomes, who's the ultimate difference maker. Murray told me Nesson has a mediocre roster or New England, excuse me, has a mediocre roster and a mediocre quarterback. And look no further than the MVP market. Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Rogers, Lawrence, Jackson, Tua, Watson, Wilson, Pickett, Garoppolo. All have shorter odds than Mac Jones. Yikes. Only three players have bigger odds. Ryan Tannehill and the two rookies, Stroud and Richardson. Mac Jones might be the 14th or 15th best quarterback in this conference at the end of the season, and that's alarming if you're a Patriots fan. What's your reaction today on the ground in uh, Boston to the Celtics getting upset in game number one? I bounced back uh, today 
with Boston for the series at minus 195, I bet that. I don't hate that. You know, they should still be favored. They're clearly a much deeper team. They've had this pattern of not showing up when other teams have their best players, either injured or out or whatever, uh, for whatever reason. I mean, they lost to Oklahoma City this year without Gilgis Alexander by 33. They lost to Washington without Bradley Beal, lost to Golden State without Wiggins, lost to Miami without Jimmy Butler, lost to Atlanta in the playoffs without DeJounte Murray. This is a pattern. I think focus is certainly in question for the Celtics. I, I still think they they win the series because I, I think this Embiid thing is a lot more serious than people realize. I mean, the MVP of the league can't stay on the floor in the second round. That's a problem, right? I think we all understand that. So to see Boston at minus 190 when they're, what, a 10-point favorite in game two, odds are good they win that one. And then to your point about laying 170, 180, 190, whatever, if it goes back to Philadelphia, 1-1, Boston's minus 400. And then you get Embiid back, and Embiid can't stay on the floor. The conditioning's bad. He's huffing and puffing. The knee's sore. He's getting freaking plasma injections. I, I think Boston minus 170 is a pretty good bet to win the series. But I'll tell you what, man. That Philly and Boston series probably goes six or seven. It's going to be a war of attrition, physical. Guys are going to be dropping like flies. If Miami can put away New York in five games, which is very possible, they get the split in New York, probably lose tonight, but then go to South Beach, probably win those two, and then kill New York in game five, you could see a rested Miami team that might get Tyler Hero back against either hobbled Boston or hobbled Philly. And that's not a bad spot to be if you're Miami. You can bet them 7-1 to right now to win the East. And yeah. I, I don't hate that at all. Right now, Knicks are up 2019, four minutes left in the first. Um, I got two gambling stories to get to. We only have time to get to one. Um, do you want to talk uh, Bama College Baseball or this weird thing with I – don't, I don't know if you saw the graphic or you've been following it – with Charles Barkley on same-game parlays, and they're listing his record at 14-16. and 16. A lot of us are confused on what, like, what does fourteen and sixteen mean on on five team same game parlays? <laughs> Let's talk about that because we don't have enough time for the Alabama Ohio yeah. thing. There, there's way too much to unpack. Yeah, apparently, Barkley has made a same game parlay thirty times in the postseason, and he's won fourteen of them, which I can tell you probably makes him the best same game parlayer of all time. He's, I mean, he's a great. He's the greatest we've ever seen. 14 and 16. I, I know it doesn't sound good to people. Five team parlays and same and the same game are impossible. I look, I, I haven't been tracking them, so I don't want to say that this is a muse, but I have to give three leg same game parlays out on Red Sox broadcasts. And in the what, 140 games I did last year, I think I hit five of them. Yeah. So. If he's yes. hit 14 out of 30, yes, I. <laughs> and that's the graphic at, they're putting up, and it's with, it, it's with FanDuel. And like you said, yeah, at, at, at those kind of odds, because we saw a graphic that was plus uh, 555, um, I, I, think there, I think he made six, you know, five-team parlays, and they graded the individual plays at 14 and 16, which obviously is terrible, and you're not winning any of those. But there's no way he hit 14 out of 30 five-game parlays. I can't believe that. I, I just don't. And yeah. I guess if Charles wants to come and defend himself, you'll have that conversation. But those same game parlays care. are trouble, man. They're trouble. They are. They're being pushed heavily. Sam, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. See you. Yeah, weird graphic that's been uh, 
making the rounds and no one's really covering it. But, uh, boy, what, what some places are kind of selling in terms of hope and these lottery tickets. Uh, believe me, I worked at a sports book for more than a few years. The number of five-teamers that I cashed on a daily basis, very, very small. 